Hi everyone, welcome to Conservative Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah B., and this is the podcast that's fighting back against liberal lunacy, the lies of feminism, and of course the destruction of the progressive left by refocusing us on those F-bombs that truly matter, faith, family, friendship, and now more than ever, freedom. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at LadyDoubledogUSMC, as well as my backup account, which is Conservative Mama Podcast. Uh, if Parlor comes up, which honestly, at this point, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, it doesn't seem very likely, I guess. Um, you can follow me over on Parlor, like I said, if it ever comes up at Conservative Mama Podcast. And please feel free to email me at Conservative Mama Podcast at gmail.com. Also, please make sure you're hitting the subscribe button. That way you never miss a new episode. And please, again, pass this around so that uh, your friends, family, coworkers, whomever uh, can join in on the fun and, and realize that they're not alone. We are not alone in any of this. The rhetoric coming out of Washington, D.C. is dangerous and um, inflammatory, and it is very, very, very good at isolating us and making us feel as if we are completely alone and unrepresented. But that is not the case. So please make sure that you're passing this around to your friends, family, whoever, um, so that they can get in on all of the fun. Also, it looks like we are now on Apple Podcasts. Yay! So please make sure you go over there, give me a five-star review, and that way other people who we don't know can find us, join the tribe, and pass it around so that um, the idiots sitting on the hill there in Washington uh, never forget that the 74-plus, 75-plus million Americans who refuse to take a knee to their dictatorship are still out here. We are unafraid. Okay, now, moving on. Let's go. Um, We've got kind of a heavy topic to talk about. Um, It's one that I think that we don't really, as a nation, we don't really shine a light on the importance of fatherhood and fathers in the family. Uh, I think we take it for granted, especially in 2021, that um, fatherhood is, eh, you know, I mean, we hope to get married, I guess, right? Most women, uh, I think, hope to get married. A lot of women don't. Um, Who knows, right? But fatherhood is just, I don't know, it's not very well respected. It's not discussed. It's kind of an aside, right? Like, well, you know, you can... You can do it all, and if you'd like, you can have a, a husband and a father in the home, right? And that's really the lie of feminism that has been sold to us women, and especially as young girls, right? So in order to understand fatherhood and the importance of fathers, um, we really also must understand where this um, rift has come from. And I'm not going all the way back to Adam and Eve, Although I suppose we could, right, Um, when Adam and Eve, you know, fell out of favor with God and sinned in the garden and, you know, this whole thing kicked off, right? Um, I'm not going to go all the way back there. In fact, let's just go back to about the the end of the 50s, you know, the early 1960s. So, um, you know, in the 1960s, women 
very few children were being raised overall in single parent households. Very, very few children. I think it was somewhere around the range of maybe 9% overall, right? Um, in the black community, it's a little bit higher than that, but not, a. I mean, I guess it's, I want to say not a lot, but I guess I'm saying that in context of where they're at today, right? But in 1960, only 22% of black children were raised in a single parent household. Now, fast forward to um, 2006, and you have uh, 56% of black children being raised in a single parent household, and they're 90% more likely to be raised by a single mother as opposed to a single father. So most of those children are being raised by single mothers. So what happened there? And we're, we're looking at the black community first, right? What happened there? Well, in many regards, uh, the welfare system really took off. Um, and in that, you know, you really see a bloating of welfare in blue states, in Democrat-controlled areas. You know, when the Democrats control uh, the presidency, you start to see a bloating of the uh, welfare state, right? I mean, look at Barack Obama. I mean, as a senator, he stood up there in Chicago and he lamented about the absence of fathers in homes. And then as a president, Barack Obama did absolutely practically nothing to help the black community and instead bloated the welfare system and encouraged uh, more fatherlessness. Now, how does that happen? Well, it happens like this. As welfare um, becomes the father in the home, single mothers no longer need the actual father in the home because the government has stepped in as daddy. They're getting the paycheck, they're getting, you know, the support, they're getting, you know, financial support, but they're also getting the um, the housing, they're getting all of this. And it's not just black families, I mean this to say anyone receiving welfare. And I'm not saying this from a point of privilege. So for the liberals who listen, you know, bugger off. Uh, I had my daughter and I was on state aid. So I have been part of the welfare system. Um, but the difference is um, when I was at a point in my life where I no longer needed that, I called and canceled it and said, no, thank you. It was weird, though, because the response I got was, well, are you sure? No, I'm I'm 100% sure. I don't need your assistance anymore. And I was married to my husband at the time. So you know, it just happened to be a, a hard part of our lives where we didn't have a lot of money incoming, and so we were part of the welfare system for a little while. Um, and that's what the welfare system is really supposed to uh, be designed for. It's supposed to be a short-term uh, assistance. It is not supposed to be a lifestyle. So, you know, when the government steps in and starts making those uh, payments and make you know giving you a home and all these things, then there's really no need for the father who's supposed to be the provider of the family um, as God designed. There's really no purpose for him being there. Um, now couple that with feminism and the great lie of feminism. And as a female, 
Um, I think it's fair to say that we were sold this lie. And I mean, I'm from, I'm a Gen Xer, right? So it was the boomers who really, really ushered this thing in. Now, it wasn't necessarily them that created it, but they really kicked it off, especially with your summer of love. How's that hep C treating you? Oh, that's right. You came up with a cure. You know, isn't it weird? <laughs> like, you know, it's bad if they had to come up for, with a cure for themselves, right? I'm just saying. Anyway, I'm glad there's a cure. But anyhow, you know, the the boomer generation really took off with that, with the whole feminist, you know, we don't need a man um, lie. And it is a lie. So, you know, feminism, first and foremost, isn't about equality. They, they try to pitch it to women, to girls, um, as equality. And, you know, what they do is um, they separate, for one, right, they separate and they'll they'll give you cute little slogans, empowering little things that say, you know, girls rule or fight like a girl or, you know, run like a girl or whatever, right? And on some level, it's pretty genius marketing, right? Because you're like, yeah, I'm a girl. I'm a female. I, I'm a, you know, I, I can relate to that. Yeah, fight like a girl because we are strong. God created us that way. We're strong. We're, we're, you know, we're not the weaker sex as, as in um, the sense of, you know, strength goes, right? We're, it's all um, relative, right? But the lie of feminism isn't that, you know, they have these cute, catchy little slogans and we buy into it. It's the greater, deeper messaging behind it. What it says and and what's pervasive is, um, I don't need a man. I can do it on my own. I don't know, ladies, how many of your, you've probably said it. I know I've probably said it in my lifetime, especially as a young woman. Uh, Winston Churchill once said, if you're not liberal in your youth, you have no heart. And if you're not conservative as you are older, then you have no brain. Um, so I'm sure when I was much younger, I had said those words and I probably deeply felt it. You know, I don't need a man. I don't need uh, any help and, and so on and so forth. Um, and there, you know, it's good to be a strong woman, but you don't have to buy the lie of feminism, which is uh, you can do everything and still be happy. That's one of the lies. You can do it all. You can do it all. You can be it all. Um, because you can't really and be happy. Like something has to give because where is your happiness? Now, if we're talking faith, God designed women, really our purpose is to be here in the home. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, as, oh, pre- you know, you just want women to remain pregnant and, and in the kitchen, right? Um, maybe, <laughs> you know, I don't know. But I say that because, you know, God's, gra- God's grand plan was for the woman to be at home. The children's education was the responsibility of women um, in the home. We taught our children to read and write. We taught our children um, their moral compass. We taught them the Bible. We taught them um, how to be uh, honorable and you know citizens with good integrity. Um, we loved and we nurtured our children. And that, of course, was before we started to allow the state to step in and institute education, and we sent our children off to schools. And we have to ask ourselves, are they really better for it? 
Um, and you look at children today, and as the Common Core curriculum continues, and of course this craziness coming out of Chicago where they want to turn our children into tiny activists and take them to protests and all this other happy crap, um, watch out, rest of the world. If Chicago passes this, it's coming your way. Um, and that's the teachers' union. Um, but we allowed the state to step in and remove us from our number one duty. Now, I'm not saying society wasn't flawed. By our very nature, we are flawed. But women, our role was to raise good, um, morally upstanding citizens. Yes, there were bad folks. We get it, libs. We know. Um, there's always been bad guys, okay? But, uh, you know, there are a lot of good people too, right? But that was the main job of women. And it's truly a beautiful feminine job. It's a wonderful job, motherhood. It's tough. It's hard. It's demanding. Um, there are times when uh, you really just want to rip out all of your hair. But it's it's a rewarding job, especially when your children grow up into good productive citizens, you know, and they teach their children uh, loving moral uh, compasses for their children and teach them loving moral compasses. They become loving moral compasses for their children and that cycle perpetuates. Another issue of the state moving in was that the state could remove God from the conversation because we know that children... um, they will um, get their values and their their morals from their home, right? For those of us who send our children off to like Christian school, or in my case, Catholic school, um, there is a measure of catechizing that happens there. But really, the majority should occur at home, for which I'm not going to lie, I am quite delinquent. But anyway, this isn't about me. Okay, so... Um, that's one of the lies of feminism, right? That, oh, you can do it all. You don't need a man. You don't need anybody. You can be everything and be happy, right? Um, the second, you know, a second lie is um, this idea that there's no value in motherhood. You know, you, you want to be um, the CEO of this big corporation with a corner office in a, you know, 88-story sky rise somewhere, um, there's going to be some sacrifices. And unfortunately, your, your family is going to sacrifice. They are going, you are going to sacrifice your time with them and they the, the time with you. And looking back, women are not happier. Now, they sold us. They said that you know we would be happier. Oh, you can do it all and you'll be happy, right? It sounds an awful lot like um, Joe Biden and um, Klaus Schwab with their their build back better and their um, great reset garbage where you know you'll own nothing and be happy um, we've already we've covered that in an f- earlier podcast but the truth of it is is that in by 2000 women are not happier in fact on many many uh, polls and statistics, they are increasingly unhappy. Something is missing. There's a void in their life. Um, And what it comes down to a lot of times is motherhood. In fact, most times. 
um, they are missing that family. They've given up everything for career. Well, you know what? At the end of the day, when you know the angel of death is knocking on your door, you don't get to take career with you. And here's a, a, a happy little note for everyone. Guess what? If something happened to you, God forbid, but if something happened to you right here tonight, your workspace would be able to replace you in a matter of weeks to months. You are completely replaceable. Never think for a moment that you're not. But you know who you're not replaceable to? Your children. Your children. But the lie of feminism will convince you that motherhood is optional and that there's no value in it. And to be a stay-at-home mom, they still use this this. Um, verbiage today where they give you this impression that, oh, we have to liberate her. Oh my goodness. She's so oppressed. She's at her, she's at her home all day with those snot-nosed kids. And, you know, we really have seen um, this in a new way uh, coming out of 2020 as a lot of us have had to quarantine or, you know, we've had to have our children in our house because schools are closed and whatnot. What we've seen, you know, on some level is kind of an increase in these articles that say, oh, these poor women that are just stuck home with their children all day long. Can you imagine? <laughs> How do they do it? Um, you know, and, and they just make it seem like all of us are so unhappy. Yes, it is frustrating. We are out of our, our environment. It's been over a 100 years since most of us um, the majority of us were homeschooling our children, right? They're, I mean that as a majority. I don't mean like the homeschoolers. I mean that as a majority of the nation. You know, in 1860s, women were homeschooling their children. But in, you know, the 1960s, less so. And in 2006, even less, right? So let's just, you know, take a look at that. So they have sold, I'm just, you know, those are just three of the lies of feminism. But look at the devastating consequences it has had because women, you know, no longer value motherhood, which is truly ironic being it is the most feminine thing a woman could possibly do um, in order for them to take that desire away, then they really have to bolster abortion, right? Oh gosh, you know, motherhood, how disgusting. It's just a parasite. It's just a, a clump of cells, right? Um, well, what if we changed this and said, well, you know, my dog is pregnant and I am going to go and have it have the puppies aborted. I've got a Boston Terrier. It's a boy, but you know, go with me here. Um, he's adorable. He's super cute. And I am going to go and have all of um, his puppies, you know, maybe he's got a mate, right? He doesn't. He doesn't have a girlfriend. Um, but, you know, we'll just have them aborted. And, you know, she's kind of late in the game, so they're just going to tear them apart. I mean, literally, while they're in there, just snap off limbs and so on and so forth. Gruesome, right? And people would be up in arms. People were up in arms about the shooting of the lion over there in Africa by that dentist. And, of course, that gorilla at the, uh, what is it, the Ohio Zoo, Harambe or whatever his name was, people lost their friggin' minds. But 10,000 um babies die on a Saturday morning, on a Saturday morning, and nobody bats an eyelash. Nobody cares. I mean, come on. So a lot of that is the lie of feminism. So here's some more statistics for you, because I promised. Um, by 1996, and some of them are a little bit older. So by 1996, 70% of juveniles 
um, in detention centers serving long-term sentences uh, had been raised by single moms. Of those, uh, of these kids being raised by single moms, um, 72% of these juveniles are murderers. 72% are juvenile murderers. 60%, and this is not juvenile, but 60% of rapists raised by single moms. Um, here's a lottery ticket that uh, moms are kind of, single moms are giving to their children. And I'm not, again, I'm not disparaging single moms. I think, you know, they, a lot of them are trying to do the best that they can. But um, you are really playing a lottery game with your children. So here we go. 70% of uh, children raised by single moms, um, you see a 70% increase in uh, teenage births. Um, nine, they're 9% or nine times more likely to drop out of high school um, or any school, it doesn't say. Five times more likely to commit suicide. You've got you know, the 70% includes runaways, juvenile delinquents, and child murderers. Um, all of that raised by single moms. Single moms. Um, you know, we saw a much lower rate of single parents in the 1990s, but by 2005, more than one-third of all babies born and raised in the United States are illegitimate. More than one-third. <laughs> so then you look at these people, you know, who committed all these violent acts in Portland and Seattle and, you know, wherever Antifa showed up and, and on some level, Black Lives Matter, right? But I think Antifa, when they're arrested, you're kind of, some of us are kind of shocked at how young some of them are. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think they're in their 20s. I don't think they're, you know, they don't look 16 or 13 to me, but they're in their 20s, um, and you sit there and you go, what the heck went wrong with you? But instead, you know, you get a whole generation of entitled, spoiled brats that don't know how to cope, most likely didn't have a father in the home, and, um, you know, they just, they don't have any respect for authority. So this is where we get into fatherhood, right? Why is it so important to have a father in the home? Well, for one, the father is the Christ symbol in the home. That was the way God designed it. He is supposed to be the image of Christ in the home. Um, and again, we're not going all the way back to Adam and Eve, but we're going post-crucifixion, okay? The father in the home is supposed to represent Christ, and the wife is supposed to represent the church. That's why the passage says, you know, wives be submissive to your husbands and husbands love your wives as Jesus loves the church, right? I'm paraphrasing. It's not verbatim. You know, the Baptists out there can come after me because y'all know you can quote some scripture. Um, Catholics, we're not as good at that. But anyway, that's, that's a lot of the point. So what do fathers do? What makes it so important that to have a father in the home, to have a two-parent household. What makes it so important? Why is it that it, when a father is missing, 70% of children um, go on this path of self-destruction? What is so important about fathers and fatherhood? Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons, and I don't know that we can touch on all of them, but, you know, fathers teach 
children respect for authority. He is supposed to be the head of the household. He is supposed to be the one who lays down the law and says, you know, what I say goes. Um, and the wife, and I'm guilty of this, I don't always back up my husband, right? Like sometimes I just, you know, want to take charge and <laughs> believe it or not, uh, the poop hits the fan and fighting ensues and so on and so forth, right? So it really becomes destructive in that moment. But fathers teach children respect for authority. Um, and of course, when you look at Antifa, and I'm just using them as an example because it's easy, uh, but you see a serious lack of authority and you see it again in Black Lives Matter. You know, they talked about being oppressed and, you know, we're so afraid of cops shooting us, you know, and, and blah, blah, blah. And isn't that what Black Lives Matter is all about? I mean, that whole movement is about, you know, what cop brutality or police brutality on, on black citizens. That's weird because anywhere else where actual brutality was happening, I don't see any of the oppressed going up to their oppressor and spitting in their face or getting violent with them. Don't see that happening in communist China. Don't see that happening in Russia anywhere. Um, even though Russia isn't communist, but let's go to Soviet, the Soviet Union. Don't see it happening in North Korea. Just saying, <laughs> just saying, you know, it must be a different kind of oppression, I guess. Um, um, and I, I'm simplifying it. That's my dog. Do you hear him groaning? I'm not kidding you. He is such a diva. Okay. Um, another thing about uh, fatherhood in the home is discipline. You know, Mothers, we are supposed to be loving and compassionate. We tend to coddle our children, especially when they're little, right? We tend to coddle, coddle them. When they fall down and get hurt, we run over there. We kiss the boo-boo. We make them feel better. We let them cry on our shoulder and get snot in our hair and whatever. But fathers, you know, fathers do some questionable crap, right? Like they'll stand there and watch that, you know, little boy put the fork in the electrical outlet. And when mom comes over and she's like, what the hell? He's like, well, he learned he won't do that again, right? So fathers take a very different approach. Um, honestly, I think some of it is because if they had to push these little buggers out, they'd be a little bit more careful, but, you know. But they do teach discipline, and it's different than when mom disciplines, um, and we know this. Uh, you know, dad is the law. You guys remember, I'm sure, growing up when they said, you just wait till your father gets home. Ah, crap. Like, you knew you were dead then. Like, you might as well just write yourself a, a will and be done with it because dad was going to kill you. Um, with fathers in the home, daughters are less likely to be promiscuous. You don't see a lot of um, strippers out there, for instance. Um, I always feel like I have, like I have to, you know... We live in such a state now that you have to like defend everything you say. Oh, no, no, strippers. Please. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, you don't see a lot of strippers out there who don't have daddy issues. Just saying. Come on now. It, it's, it practically writes itself. Um, but, you know, daughters are less likely to be promiscuous. If he teaches her, if he teaches his daughter to love and respect herself, you know, because he loves and respects her, and especially through the way he treats her, her mother, um, hopefully his wife, um, she will understand that she doesn't need to sell herself short. She doesn't need to um, flaunt her sexuality to get the attention of the boys because the attention that they're going to give her really isn't the kind of attention that she wants nor deserves. Um, so, you know, that's a huge benefit. That's a huge benefit. And I think... <laughs> Had we, ha you know, if we had more fathers in the home, then maybe that 
that statistic of one third of illegitimate babies would be far less, far, far less. Um, Sons, of course, are more likely to succeed in school and beyond with a father in the house. Um, It teaches, you know, he teaches boys how to be respectful men um, and how to be good men. You know, there are some things that mothers, single moms, you know, God love you, and I do, and he does, um, you know, we cannot teach our boys. We cannot teach them how to be men. We can teach them how we would want them to be as men, but we can't teach them how to be men or what it means to be a man. You know, women do not want a beta male. I'm sorry. We we don't. We're not attracted sexually. We're not attracted um, uh uh, in any other way, I can't think of it. It's late now. Like I can't think of any other way. But <laughs> we just aren't. There's always that that um, uh, what is it? That old trope where you know, oh, she loves the bad guy and and nice guys finish last. Well, yeah, on some level, right? Like you don't want to marry an a hole, but um, yeah, we want a bad boy. And I don't mean somebody who's gonna freaking you know commit grand theft auto and like you know all of a sudden we're robbing banks, but you do want somebody who is an alpha male who can carry his own and who will stand by his principles, pick himself up by the bootstraps, AOC. I don't think you actually ever learned that that's not literal. But anyway, you know, we don't want a beta man who is going to bend over and, uh, you know, just, you know, kowtow to whatever the feminist uh, movement tells them to do like you're it's tragic and it's sad and and you know we don't have any respect for those guys anyway um you know another thing that we don't talk about is the children who you know children are at are at much greater risk of violence to them by a man in the home that is not their father that is not their their biological father right um, for a, a single mom who's got boyfriends parading in and out of her house, or even a single mom who's got you know one boyfriend, who knows? Her children are at much greater risk of violence, grievous violence, um, including death, than they are generally um, on average with their biological father. So if she were married or had the father of her children in her home, her children are statistically less likely to die by violence or come to some grievous injury than they are if um, she's got a boyfriend or um, unrelated males coming in and out of the home. Um, and that's that's very big, especially when we consider um, how many children are being trafficked across um, the globe. I mean, what what is the st- statistic for human trafficking in general? I think it's like some 40 million people are trafficked a year. Um, a very large percentage of that are children. And um, I won't go any further into that, but, you know, that information is also out there. Um, So, you know, here we are. And we really have to understand what we are losing when we buy into the lie of feminism. Sometimes feminists say things and they get it right and and it makes sense and it is kind of equality, right? But generally what it is is not about equality. And what you see today 
is not about equality. This third wave feminism is nothing more than um, putting a man's head on a chopping block, so to speak, and just severing it so that the pendulum swings completely in the direction of, of the female, um, to which, you know, societies would crumble and whatnot. You know, of course, they have the myth of the Amazon, you know, oh, the woman, you know, it's a tribe, blah, blah, blah. While there may be some indigenous tribes that are uh, matriarchal, the world was not conquered and we, uh, we did not come into culture and we did not come into civilization as you see today in first world countries through women. Sorry, ladies, it didn't happen. Men were the conquerors. Men were the ones building the societies. Women were a part of that. We absolutely have a history of being a part of that, all right? But they were not founded on the backs of women. It's not to say that women did not make their contributions and that those contributions were not valuable. They absolutely were. But we don't have to swing the pendulum in the opposite direction and make a buffoonery of fatherhood. We see it in every sitcom I think it's it's an absolute trope for that as well. He's always this doofus, you know, sort of a, you know, he's one step or one one heartbeat above the lazy boy chair he's sitting in. I mean, he's virtually a piece of furniture. He's vapid. He has, you know, he's unintelligent. He's like a caveman, right? And ladies, let's be honest, while sometimes we do feel that way about our husbands, um, you know, <laughs> he's not a caveman. Okay, um, these are you know these are things that we need to teach our daughters. As women, we need to we have to teach our daughters the lie of feminism. We have to make them aware of it. If they if we want our daughters to grow up to be successful, good, loving people and and wonderful mothers, then we have to break down this lie of feminism that they can do everything and be everything. They can be super successful. Motherhood is a curse, um, so on and so forth. We have to smash that wall with everything we've got. And, and, you know, mamas, it's going to come from us. Um, And don't forget your sons either, because when we look at the travesty that took place for the Brett Kavanaugh hearing when um, uh, Garth from Wayne's World stood up there and, and, you know, had absolutely not even circumstantial evidence. I mean, there was no evidence. It was just, you know, garbage coming out of her mouth. Um, And all across mainstream media was the shrieking of feminists saying, we believe all women. We have to believe her. We can't have Brett Kavanaugh, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, don't forget for a moment that that little boy sitting next to you, Mama Bear, um, (laughs) they're looking at him too. So I don't care if you agreed with Brett Kavanaugh or not, that's what's coming for your son as well. And you need to be deeply aware of that and you need to fight for him too. You know, little boys now, the pendulum in school has swung so far the other direction that boys are being left behind, not girls. Boys are being disadvantaged in school. Um, And so, you know, they're struggling. They're absolutely struggling. And if we're not willing to fight for our own children, who will? Who will? And mothers, 
wives, you do the greatest service to your husband when you honor him and you let him be the leader of the house. Look, if he makes a, a poor choice, and I'm not, you know, like you should have conversations about big purchases, right? Like I don't want him to come home with an Escalade, right? Like, can we have a conversation about that before you go do it? But, you know, in day-to-day tasks, it, you know, let him be the leader of the house. If he decides, hey, you know, um, we're going to do this and it turns out to be a bad idea, you know, we're going to invest in this or, or something and it turns out to be a bad idea, he ultimately will have to eat that, right? Um, I guess investment might have been a bad idea or a bad choice, but, uh, you know, and and spiritually too, spiritually too, he has to answer for the family. So God's going to go, you know, where the hell were you on this? You let her make all the decisions. She had to weigh everything. You know, where were you? You know, you didn't, you didn't weigh in on any of this, you know, and you're supposed to be the leader of the house. He's not going to come down very kindly on that, on that um, man. So women, ladies, you know, mamas, honor your husband as well. And I say this to myself, knowing full well that I am your huckleberry if you want to pick a fight. I don't care who you are. <laughs> I, am your, I am not better than thou, okay, ladies? So it is hard for me to bite my tongue and, um, you know, just kind of sit tight and, and let things roll. But at the end of the day, I have to, I, I do my best to tell myself, you know, look, if this thing blows up in his face, you know, that's on him. He's the one who chose to do this. And, you know, and then secretly in your head, you can go, hee hee, told you so. Right. But honestly, you know, we really all have to try, you know, I, like I said, I am not better than anybody. I am like a mediocre Catholic at best, really. I feel like, um, uh, St. Augustine on some level, like where he, <laughs> He's on his knees praying to God, you know, Lord, you know, please make me a saint, but just not today, right? So that's kind of where I am. Like, God, please make me a saint, but just not yet, because <laughs> I'm not there yet. I'm not, I'm not ready for sainthood. Um, and it's not because I got more sinning to do. <laughs> Let the sin begin. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, um, I got things to work on, right? It's always, always progress that way. Okay. So I know I went long. Um, it was kind of a heavy topic. Um, it, it, I think there's so much more that could be said, but um, you know we've talked about it in episode one. We were going to talk about the sexiness of having a strong father in the household, but we also have to understand how we undermine that, and it's through feminism. It's through these lies, and we do no service to our future generations by buying into the lies of feminism, which actually come out of you know, the lies of communism and socialism. You notice when the, these things are, they all start to tie together. They all have very similar principles and ideologies. Um, when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, most of it is usurping the family and God. And of course, you know, murder, it always ends in murder, whether it's communism and socialism, actually murdering, um, uh, terrestrial people, um, or feminism, which, you know, celebrates the murder of the unborn. So, you know, we have to teach our daughters better, ladies and fathers. You need to stick around. Even if the marriage, you know, is not ideal, unless, unless you are in a situation where you are in danger, you guys need to figure it out. You need to figure it out. Your children need you to figure it out. You are not hiding anything from them. You need to figure it out. 
Your children need you to do this. All right? It's like I said. Um, it's a big conversation. We covered a lot. Um, please, please, please make sure that you are passing this round so that other people can listen. And, um, you know, let's make, let's make a play for a better future. Please. Because with all the stuff coming out of D.C., um, the war on the family is number one, especially in Satan's eyes. You know, he's got to destroy the family. Once that comes crumbling down, um, you know, we are in, we are absolutely on the Titanic in a sinking ship. We're not on the lifeboat. So we need to fight for our families. And they don't don't call it mama bear for nothing, right? So you've got to fight for your family. Okay, that is it. Have a wonderful night and a wonderful uh, Thursday. And I will talk to you again on Friday, fun day. All right. God bless.